feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Big breaking news on The Rita Cosby Show. Tonight, we share an exclusive interview with former President Donald Trump, who spoke with me and John Katsimatidis on our Cats and Cosby Show on WABC Radio earlier today. Let's get right to it. This is the interview we did with President Trump that's making lots of headlines tonight. A big exclusive interview today on Cats and Cosby, and we welcome the 45th president of the United States and someone who may be the 47th president as well. Welcome to Cats and Cosby, President Trump. Great to have you here. Well, thank you very much, Rita. It's great to be with both of you. John is a special friend of mine, and he's an amazing guy, and it's great to be with you both. Congratulations on the new book. You uh, you moved me one yeah. step below uh, on uh, everything else, and, and uh, the book, I understand, <laughs> Is number one on Amazon, and uh, yeah, and, and and you'll make another billion. Yeah, well, it's been a successful book, and people love it. And it uh, it opened at number one, and it's probably going to be there for a long time. And it's uh, it's quite interesting. I will say that, John. It really is. People people have liked it. And by the way, everybody, you can get it at forty five books dot com or Amazon dot com because it is number one. Go ahead, John. And uh, Mr. President. Uh, uh, there's a few letters that you consider extra special, uh, right. and tell us, tell our audience and our listeners, what, which letters you consider extra special in the book. Well, there are so many, and you know, somebody was saying yesterday how diverse it is. I never even thought of that because it's showbiz, it's politics, it's business, it's people like you, it's everything, and and uh, you know, covers a lot of territory. So, uh, I guess I've been in a lot of different uh, fields. With The Apprentice and uh, even the book business, because I've had a lot of bestsellers, as you know. And this one is uh, look, looks like it's really doing something. But And the real estate business and Manhattan and a lot of other things. So it's, a, it's very diverse. There are a lot of interesting letters. There's a letter uh, from uh, Richard Nixon saying that his wife, Pat, saw me on the, uh, uh, well, let's just say a show. And uh, a show on television, and she thought that it was wonderful. She thought it was so great, and she thought I should run for politics and all this. And he was telling me this a lot because I got him to know a little bit after he was out of office. But I got I got to know him. He was a tough guy, very very complicated man actually. But he was uh, you know a lot of lot of good things too. But uh, she said uh, if he runs, he will fill down on you. He if he runs, he will. Absolutely, he'll be winning, and he would tell me that a lot. I have letters from Lady Di. I have an interesting letter from Andrew Lloyd Webber inviting me to the opening of a musical that he was going to be putting on. This is like 32 years ago. It was Phantom of the Opera, right? He said, a new musical called Phantom of the Opera. I think you'll enjoy it to opening night. And so I went to opening night and uh, with him and some people, and it was Phantom of the Opera. And look how that turned out, right? It was you know, one of the most successful it, it ever. ran for 35 years. Yeah, amazing. Actually amazing. And uh, so, you know, there's just a lot of a lot of great letters. Lady Dyson, some interesting letters and uh, actors and business people and all famous. Oprah sent a letter saying we got to run together. If we ran together, it would be a winner. I, I think she was sort of probably doing it for fun. 
but she meant I had a, I had a great relationship with Oprah until I ran for politics, in which case, you know, uh, it was a little bit different. And that was the case in a lot of cases. And in a lot of cases, it didn't make any difference, John. Um, Mr. President, uh, since you've left office, the wor- world has fallen apart a little bit. Yep, and, that's uh, true, John. I've been saying it on our radio show, me and Rita, that uh, uh, they, the Democrats and President Biden were supposed to make the poor people work for the poor people in the middle class. But the poor people got poorer. The middle class got poorer. And a trillion dollars worth of wealth has moved from North America to Russia and the OPEC nations. Yep. We've uh, never had a time like this ever before. We had the greatest period of time ever during my administration, especially in the area where, you know, pre-COVID, where, I mean, literally the day before COVID, I was meeting with some political people and they were saying there's never been a time like this. You could have Lincoln and Washington running against you as president and vice president, and they couldn't beat you. You know, we had everybody was taken care of, African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic America, Hispanic. I mean, they were doing so great, everybody. And uh, people with diplomas, people without diplomas, people that went to MIT, Harvard, and the Wharton School of Finance, and also people that didn't have a high school education. Everybody was doing great, men and women, everybody. And then it just it was all self-inflicted what what they've done. We had the safest border that we've ever had. Very few people coming in. By the way, the drugs are now 12 times more than what was coming in three years ago. Think of it 12 times. The drugs are pouring into our country, poisoning our our population. Uh, The people are coming in. I think it's going to be 15 million people, John and Rita, when when you look at the end of this year, 15 million people. And there's hundreds of thousands of people standing there right now waiting for a certain order to end that I you know, put in. And they're going to be flooding into our country and they're going to come in by the hundreds of thousands in another week. It's crazy what what's happening. And, you know, I don't know if you know, but the people they're coming from prisons, they're coming from mental institutions and insane asylums. And these countries are all dumping them at our doorstep and saying, you take them. We don't want them. And the problem is our country isn't equipped for this. Think of it. Prisoners and people from mental institutions, it's like we're a dumping ground, and it's a disgrace. We had the strongest border we've ever had, and now we have, I think, the worst border in the history of the world. Even if it was a third-world nation, they wouldn't allow this to happen, what's happening now. Millions and millions of people are just walking right into our country. It's it's the biggest problem we ever had. Uh, they're attacking our borders. Uh, they've killed over a hundred thousand with fentanyl in the last yep. twelve months. Uh, it, it's just out of control. It's an invasion. It's an invasion, no different than an army, and they're killing our people in many ways, including with disease. You know, you have people coming in that are that have disease, and they're they're killing. What what we're doing is insane, and they're destroying our country. And, you know, if you look at Afghanistan, that horrible withdrawal, their their surrender, whatever you want to call it, they took the military out first. For 18 months, we didn't lose one soldier in Afghanistan because they knew they knew what the repercussions were going to be. And I was taking them out, but we would have taken them out with strength and dignity, and we would have kept Bagram Air Base. You know, the Bagram Air Base, one of the biggest in the world, it's one hour away from where China is and where they make their uh, nuclear weapons. And we were going to keep it. Now China has it. 
It's, it's not even unbelievable. unbelievable what they did. Uh, Rita, you wanted to? Yeah, I want to get your reaction, Mr. President, to uh, what President Biden just said just a few hours ago. He was at a press conference at the White House. And um, he was asked um, about you at the end, and he said, I know him well. I know the danger he presents to our democracy. We've been down this road before. What's your reaction to that? Well, he doesn't know me at all. We've virtually almost never met. I mean, he doesn't know me at all. Uh, He probably thinks he knows me because it's in, you know, it's in his brain. He doesn't know me at all. And we had a disgusting election, a disgusting result. And what they did was a disgrace to our country, and it's going to be written about in the history books. But, no, I don't know him, actually. I don't know him. And uh, he knows that, but he probably maybe doesn't know it. But if you think about MAGA, make America great again, he's attacking MAGA, make America great again. He's destroying America. That administration is destroying America. And, look, he announced for presidents yesterday, for president, and he did it through a video. He didn't even— Stand behind a podium and make an announcement. Who's ever heard of a thing like this? You don't do that. You get up and you say, I'm going to be running for re-election or president, and, and that's the way it is. But he did it through a video. It's pretty sad. When he was pretty running sad. against you, I guess uh, uh, they were hiding him in the uh, in the basement. And when he came out yeah. of the basement, uh, they had a, a 12 people of which— Eight people with staff. No, uh, look, uh, it's a very bad. And it's not age, because I know people in their late 80s and 90s that are 100 percent. It's not age. It's not an age thing. It's uh, there's something cuckoo. There's something wrong. And we just can't afford to do this. You know, uh, we could end up in World War Three because of this man. He has no concept of what's going on. He has no concept of what he's what he's doing. And we're dealing with nuclear weapons. We're dealing with nuclear countries. And, you know, the the Iran nuclear deal was the worst deal. I ended it. And we would have had a deal with them with no nuclear weapons, no nothing, had the election not, be rig- not been rigged. And what happens is, John, if you take a look at what's going on with, you know, the, all they do is talk about nuclear war now. We didn't talk about nuclear war. You can't mention the word. You cannot mention the word because the power is so devastating. And we have somebody that's grossly incompetent, and he doesn't know what he's saying, and he doesn't know what he's doing, and he's dealing with people like President Xi and others that are extremely— he, he, has no clue. he has no clue. He has no clue. Mr. President, I've uh, said to everybody at our 5 o'clock show every day, uh, they, the world leaders respected you. They respected you. They feared you. And uh, you were a symbol of America. You were a symbol of the free world. And the problem we have right now, the other countries have no respect. Saudi Arabia, no, no respect. The, no. The, the Russians and Chinese are making their own access of power right. and signing up uh, all the other countries. And they're moving and they away from us. the dollar standard, John. And if that happens, that will be like losing a, a major war. If we lose the dollar, the dollar standard, and that's what they want to do. And if you look, Brazil, Colombia, Russia, China, whenever they want, and many other countries. Look at France is going over and dealing with Xi. Look at Saudi Arabia. And I, they're great people. They're friends of mine. But they're now negotiated. They're now with Iran. And it was put there by China. Who thought this stuff would happen? These alliances are forming that are massive 
against us. We have no alliance. We're, we're losing our The problem relationships. is, Mr. President, the problem is uh, Saudi Arabia always supported the United States. The rest of those countries yeah. always supported the United States. They yeah. don't trust President Biden. Well, and look at also no, the Abraham Accords, too. Everyone talked yeah. about the incredible success, and now we see what's happening in Sudan. You know, the one thing um, yeah. that President Biden said a little bit ago, and and it's, uh, it's such a contrast, John, to what you were just saying, too, is he said... Uh, we inherited a nation with a serious loss of credibility around the world. He kept kind of blaming you mm-hmm. for the economy, blaming you uh, for the standing. What do you say to that after you hear uh, what John uh, so eloquently said? It's so crazy. They are a party of disinformation, and that's all they do is disinformation. Uh, we, What he did with – if you look at Afghanistan, that was the most embarrassing moment in the history of our country. Russia would have never gone into Ukraine ever and China, by the way, would never have even thought about going into Taiwan. This was the most, and now that's all they're thinking about. This is this is the most. This was the most embarrassing thing in the history of our country, the way we left Afghanistan. When we left there, we we surrendered. And I think what happened is Putin said, "Oh wow, this is our chance to do this." They would have never done that. First of all. We would have been out of Afghanistan, but we would have been out with tremendous strength and dignity. Think of it. We didn't lose a soldier in 18 months. Not one soldier was was even shot at because they know if they did that, they'd have hell to pay. And now you look at what's happening in Afghanistan. You look at what's happening everywhere. What what happened is it was so bad. It was so we left 85. You know, I rebuilt our military. We left 85 billion 85 billion dollars worth of equipment behind. And Afghanistan now is one of the largest sellers of military equipment. It's one of the largest in the world because they're selling. We left seven, 70,000 vehicles, 70,000, 700,000 guns, rifles, night goggles, helicopters, tanks, planes. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's it's just what what has happened to our country in the last two and a half years has never happened before. It's gross incompetence. And I think people aren't going to put up with it. And they use the they've weaponized the justice system like never before. And of course, there are many victims of it. But I'm sort of the uh, I'm sort of the one and I'm honored to do it because, you know what, we we have shown levels of corruption that nobody's ever seen. Our country is corrupt and it's not respected anywhere in the world. It's not respected. We're losing all of our alliances. And if, I'm telling you, we're going to lose the dollar standard. And John is a great businessman. John knows better than anybody losing the dollar standard, losing losing this incredible thing that's been that's taken hundreds of years to build. If you think about it, John, is going to be, uh, you know, is going to be the end. We'll become a second rate nation, we're already know. a failing nation. And everybody, we're going to have a lot more of our exclusive interview with former President Trump. When we came back, we are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
And welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show. In our next block, I'm going to be playing a little bit more of our exclusive interview with President Trump. It is making tons of headlines tonight. And coming up, uh, wait till you hear what he said about the presidential debates, the Republican debates, whether or not he will participate or not, and why he also feels this is probably the most dangerous moment in American history. There is so much more to come. And I was blown away at his fluidity, how easy it was for him to seamlessly go from one topic to the next. Obviously, how much he loves our country and how much he cares about national security. And you heard when I asked him what President Biden said a couple hours ago, President Biden said he inherited a nation with a serious loss of credibility around the world. And President Trump just said, what is he talking about? That there are so many fires now erupting around the world, meaning with China, you see the conflict with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, You see what's happening in Sudan. The list goes on and on and on. And that is under President Biden's watch. Your thoughts about this, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Uh, Mike, your thoughts about our big exclusive interview? You know, I was just telling Ken, Rita, uh, I tuned in um, a little after the beginning of your show. And (laughs) Donald Trump, I'd like to listen to, and I will, the rest of his interview, because, you know, he hit the nail on the head. Um, Look at Biden, you know, you jellyfish, no spine, you donkey, the worst, and his crackhead son and all the other far left. Afghanistan, he pulls out, I didn't realize, $85 billion in equipment, okay? You know, and levels of corruption. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he's a disgraciad. He's a skivats uh, in Italian, too. Biden and his, and his cohorts. You know, you, you know, by uh, the way, by the way, Mike, you know what I thought was interesting? How yeah. fluid also uh, President Trump was on such a variety of topics. And Definitely. talk about it just, you know, even from an uh, intelligence, a cognitive level, I thought, here is President Biden, who does his announcement that he's running for president. It's on a three-minute video that he records in some basement a couple of weeks ago. He does a press conference today, and he answers, I think it was two questions. It was very calculated, very scripted in terms of what he allowed to come in and what he didn't. And here is President Trump. He would have gone on for hours because he cares so much about this country, and he is so versed on so many of the different issues. And I found it really refreshing to talk to a president who is so protective of this country, so loves this country, and cares deeply about security and our borders and and things I hadn't, sadly, we haven't heard it from the White House in a long time, that kind of language, Mike. Exactly right. You know, his stream of consciousness, Donald Trump, is as sharp as anybody, as opposed to the donkey. You know, I've said it on your show, I'll say it again, Rita. You know, the donkey, he's all about himself, a scam artist, a shakedown artist with his son and family. And, uh, his stream of consciousness, if he's not reading from his teleprompter, you know, it's like listening to uh, someone who, who's, you know, stood Well, uh, Mike, by the way, coming up, uh, I did also ask President Trump about Hunter. You know, I had to go there. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about nuclear threats, the lawsuits he's facing. There is so much more. Everybody stay with us. More of our exclusive Katz and Cosby interview with President Trump after the break. 
Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Harriman, Utah, where a Granite School District police officer who is a Utah officer who is off duty has been applauded for his heroic actions this month when he saved a man from a burning home. Officer Philip Afonso was on his way home after a day of running errands when he noticed heavy black smoke coming from an area. He rushed to the scene and found smoke billowing from a flaming garage. The officer said it was just black with dark, heavy smoke. The garage was already starting to melt down and the flames were really heavy and there was nobody on the street yet. And so he jumped into action. He immediately entered the townhome attached to the garage, searched for anybody inside. And a man in his 30s reportedly suddenly heard the officer's calls and came down from the second floor. At first, he was very confused uh, and also surprised to see that his garage was in flames. He initially thought his roommate was inside and his son. Luckily, they were not. The officer said there was lots of smoke and it was really hot. And I told the man, you must get out now. After he got out, he went to call 911. The officer did. And that's when he saw the garage explode and the second floor of the home collapse. The officer said, had I not arrived when I did and helped the man out of his house, it is very likely he would not have made it out alive. And thank goodness the officer was there off duty. It just goes to show our men and women in blue are working 24-7. And now, everybody, more of our exclusive interview with President Donald Trump that John Katsimatidis and I did for Cats and Cosby, a great show that we do on 77 WABC. We did this interview just a little bit ago tonight. And wait till you hear what President Trump said about if he will take part in the upcoming GOP primary debates. Here's part two. President Trump, I want to ask you, too, about some headlines about the debate. Um, there was word that you may not uh, do a Republican debate. Is that true or, or not? Well, I'm leading by 40 points. And a lot of people say, why would you do a debate when you have people at 2 and 3 and 15 and 14? And uh, DeSanctis is coming way down. You know, he's, he's really showed his stuff. Don't forget, when I supported him, he was a failed candidate. And then when I supported him, he won. And everyone said, oh, that was a good job. The only thing good, he got my endorsement, and he went way up, you know, over a period of immediately. He went way up. We took a little ad. We showed that ad. You probably saw it. I mean, he even said, when you supported me, it wasn't the thing to do. And that's right. And then he wanted to run. I don't know if he—honestly, I don't know whether or not he's going to run because he's lost all of his support. He's campaigned very poorly. And he's lost so much support that I don't know if he's going to run. If he does, that's fine. But with the debates, why would I debate when everybody is? And if you look back at history in terms of these primaries, 
People don't debate when they have these massive leads. They say, why, why would we debate? And I have a hostile, I would have a hostile group of anchors, a hostile network asking questions. Why would I do that? And you're up with the people. And, you know, my, my popularity is the highest because, you know, part of the reason it's the highest is because the people in office right now are doing so badly. I mean, they're so bad that it's very high. So I don't know that I do the debate. The Reagan Library is, is you know, nice, but the Reagan Library is run by the Washington Post. Who wants the Washington Post? Why is the Washington Post running the Reagan Library? You know, the publisher of the Washington Post is the chairman of the Reagan Library. And that's where one of the debates would be. I don't wow. want to be there. if the, But the Washington Post runs the Reagan Library. Can you believe that? Well, that's news to me. I didn't know that before, but uh, thank yeah. you for that news. Uh, and uh, Mr. Fred President— Fred Ryan is uh, the chairman. Think of this. Fred Ryan is the CEO and publisher of The Washington Post. He's the chairman of the Reagan Library. Understood. Who wants to go? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there when he's the chairman. Washington Post is the enemy of the people, along with The New York Times and others. And well, uh, so, you know, so I don't know. Look, when you're way up— Rita, you know this very well. When you're way up, you don't do debates. If you're even or down, you do debates. But when you're way up, what's the purpose of doing the debate? Now, the debate of the other candidate, you do. You know, you have a Democrat, you have a Republican, you have really an obligation to do that. But you don't have an obligation when you have people like, I won't mention names, but everybody's at 1% and DeSantis is way down. I mean, he's losing by 30, 40 points. Well, Mr. Ed Cox, uh, the New York State chairman, was here with me before, and he said, uh, I recommended to my uh, father-in-law, President Nixon, not to debate. And if uh, he didn't debate, he would have won. Well, Ed's a good guy, too, uh, I will say. But, uh, well, he did. He did debate. And he wasn't a bad debater. He got a little, you know, he got a little, uh, I think he got a little fake news and a lot of, because if you watch that debate, he didn't do poorly in that debate at all. But, no, it's it's true. You have, we'll have... Uh, let's say a hostile network asking questions like you remember when I originally did the debate, I came out great. I did very well in the debates. They say I won every single debate. But when Megyn Kelly asked me that very harsh question and then Brett Baer uh, asked a very harsh question about will you support? I was the only one that said, no, I'm not going to support somebody. Else. But everybody else raised their hand. They'll support anybody on the stage. And I said, no, I'm not going to support anybody on the stage. I'll support some, but I'm not going to support others. And uh, you know, it was it was great. It was it got a it got a lot of applause. I will tell you that it was pretty wild. We had a we had a good time. But when you're way up, you don't do a debate. Why would you do a debate? A lot of people said they agree with me on that. There's no upside to doing a debate. Ed, Ed said he tended to agree with me on that too. That's interesting. There's no there's no upside to doing a debate. Uh, yep. You can debate your opponents on Democratic Party. Uh, but there's no upside in doing the debate in, uh, uh, in the Republican Party if you have a if you're 30, 40 points ahead. Now, if you're tied, if you're a little ahead, if you're a little behind, you should definitely debate. But what's the purpose of doing it? You mean you're going to have people that are at one percent and less than one percent asking you questions? It's sort of like crazy, I think. Interesting point. And again, that is on the GOP primary debates. He said, yeah, he would debate. If it is Biden versus Trump, of course, you know, when it gets to the general election, but for the primary said, I don't need to debate. 
right now he is very, very much far ahead. As you can see, he is skyrocketing in the polls. And then John Katsimatidis and I also asked President Trump today about the many serious threats now facing our country under President Biden and his weak leadership. Here is more of President Trump in our exclusive interview. Mr. President, what would you like to tell all Americans uh, at this point? Because I think our country is in trouble and uh, we need somebody that's going to have some world respect. Well, you don't think our country is in trouble, John, because you, you, you are a smart guy. You know our country is in trouble. Country. I know our and country I would say, in trouble. And I would say this. There has never been a time where our country is in more danger, and that's because of the nuclear, that's because of the weaponry that you have today that you didn't have in World War I or World War II. Uh, there's never been a time where we were at in more danger. This is the most dangerous period of time ever in our country. And the reason is because we have a man atop that is incompetent. We know that. You know that. Everybody knows that. He's grossly incompetent. He shouldn't be there in the first place. But he's grossly incompetent. And he's going to get us into a World War III. And if you look at what he's doing in his policies, and you know the old story, his own people said he's never made a correct decision on that stuff in his life, on foreign policy in his life. And he really hasn't. But we have somebody that doesn't have a clue, and we're going to end up in World War III because of this. And in addition, we were energy into think of it. We were energy independent three years ago, totally energy we were soon going to be energy dominant. We were going to be selling energy all over the world, paying off debt and lowering taxes. Instead, he stopped it. He stopped producing energy. He stopped drilling oil the day that it hit the highest price ever. It's supposed to be just the opposite, okay? The day that it hit the highest price ever, and now it's going up very substantially, and people's heating bills and cooling bills and, and gasoline for their car— is hitting is going to be hitting made, and, and will be hitting records again. It made the poor people poorer because of yep. the price of gasoline and the price of food. It made the right. middle class poorer because of the price of food. And uh, yep. all he had to do is open up North America to spigots, and the price yep. of oil would have went down to fifty five again, and the price of yep. food would have come down, and the Fed would not have to raise interest rates, which destroyed exactly. it destroyed. <laughs> the real estate industry, and then yeah. it also started to destroy the banks, and now the next yeah. shoe that's going to fall, Mr. President, is that the banks are not going to be lending, and you know what's going to happen to America if the banks don't lend to American yep. businesses? It all began when he drove the price of oil up, and now he wants to go to all electric cars, but we can't even, uh, you can't even cool your house in California and many different states. Many states, they have the brownouts and the blackouts. Uh, it's this, the whole thing is crazy. Everything they're doing, open borders where millions of people are coming in from prisons and ever, but millions and millions of people are falling. No voter ID. Uh, the dollar is being decimated. The dollar, I mean, the dollar standard, we're not going to have a dollar anymore. It's going to be the wand. The wand is going to be the world currency. Uh, I mean, to, to think what they, the damage that this guy has done and I don't even think he knows it because it's inconceivable that anybody would say open borders is a good thing, a weak military is a good thing, and a woke military. They have woke and weak. 
And, uh, you know, it's sort of the same thing, to be oh. honest with you. But you look at the borders where the borders are opened and you look at what's happened with inflation. You said it better than anybody. Inflation was started because of energy prices, because it's so all invasive. And energy went up and all of a sudden your food went up and this went up, that. Then they lost the supply chains. Also, to a certain extent, started because of energy. And energy... Remember, I filled up the National Strategic Reserves. He used all of that oil that we, we filled. I bought 75 million barrels. Think of this. I just, 75 million at a really good price. In fact, you once commented that was a great deal. I made a great deal for the country. Now you have to pay four times as much. But they they took that oil in order to try and keep the prices artificially low for the cars, for the gasoline, before an election. Now what's happened is that the strategic reserves are almost empty. They're the lowest they've been in decades. He's used that stuff, and you're going to see oil prices shoot to the sky. God forbid we had a war right now. You're going to see real inflation, John. God forbid we had a war right now. Just to make sure everybody understands this, I believe in immigration. I want people to come in. But I also believe in the Ellis Island Foundation, which we, me and you used to do, and uh, have checks and balances of who's coming and going. You want it legally. Yep. I we want, want to have people I come want in to checks and balance who's coming right. in. At least yep. we know who's coming in, and we're not getting terrorists and criminals, and we're not getting uh, people that are going to hurt the United States. Yeah, and Title 42 well, John, is about to remained, be lifted. I had remain in Mexico. I had a remain in Mexico. Nobody can believe I got it, and I got it. Remain in Mexico. We had hundreds of thousands of people, and we wouldn't take them. I built hundreds of miles of wall. I was then building additional wall, and they didn't want to do it, so they stopped. Three weeks, it would have been completed. But I built hundreds of miles of wall, and that's why, because of that, and I got Mexico to put up 28,000 soldiers free of charge. Now, I you know, did say that. If you don't do it, we're going to charge you 25% tariff on your cars and everything else that you're selling. You're a smart businessman, so, you know, that's all. <laughs> yeah, no, I said, if, you, if you're not going to give us the soldiers, we're going to charge you 25% tariff on all of the cars and everything else coming in. But all of the cars, you know, they took 32% of our automobile manufacturing business, okay? 32% over the years. They didn't take it when I was there. I want to tell you that. So what happens is they gave us 28,000 soldiers. We had built hundreds of miles of wall. We had the best border we've ever had. And that includes human trafficking, which is terrible, usually in women, mostly in women, human trafficking, drugs, and people. And we had the best border we've ever had. Now we have the worst border we've ever had. And the worst border, probably, that the world has ever it's had. It's out of control. Yeah. Rita, you wanted to say something. Yeah, I want to ask, you know, because as you're talking about, obviously, why we're not doing certain things there. What are your thoughts, Mr. President, um, especially about Hunter Biden and about the fact, um, you know, President Biden, people are looking into this. We know James Comer is looking into this. How much trouble do you think Hunter Biden's in? And is his father uh, compromised? What do you, give, why, why policies? Rita, I'll answer that. They'll give him a slap on the hand. What do, you think? President? Well, what do you think? I think it's incredible. And, you know, they've had this laptop, the laptop from hell, as we say. They've had this laptop for a long time. There's a lot worse information on that laptop than anybody would know. But look at look at on the other hand, look at what happens with his this whole document hoax. 
He's got 1,850 boxes of documents that nobody can see. He's got documents that are stored in Chinatown. Think of it, Chinatown. Why Chinatown? A large number is probably much classified information, and he can't have because he didn't have the right to declassify. I do. And all of this. And they talk about me. I'm like peanuts compared to him. What I did was right under the Presidential Records Act. Everything I did was right. And what he did, everything he did was wrong. They don't even talk about it. Uh, the laptop is a disaster. It shows crime at a level that nobody's ever seen before. And I think John is right. They'll do a slap on a wrist kind of thing, and they'll continue to go after Trump and other people. Wow, what a revealing comment about the double standards of justice. And when we come back, we're going to take your calls and also more of our exclusive interview with President Trump. The number is 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, we are playing the exclusive interview that myself and John Katsimatidis did just a few hours ago with former President Trump. It's making tons of headlines. And here's the final part where I asked him about lawsuits and also what he thinks is ahead for this country. How do you deal with all the lawsuits, uh, Mr. President? I mean, and all this incoming. I mean, it's, I, I call you Teflon Don because it's amazing how much you are able to endure. Well, I, I tell you what, more than any, probably John would ask me this question, and he's a tough cookie. He said, how do you take it? Uh, you just do. I mean, it, they're crooked people. They're, I think they hate the country. They're not... They're not stupid people because anybody that can cheat like that in elections can't be stupid, but they're stupid with everything else. And they they are. It's really the party of disinformation. Uh, I handle it. Uh, they tried to impeach. It was impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two. We won that easily. Republicans were great. They stuck together. They did the Mueller witch hunt, which was totally made up by them. You know, totally made up by them. Think of it. They spied on my campaign. Could you imagine if it was the other way? The Republicans spied on the Democrats and they'd bring back the electric chair. It's horrible. You would would have been in solitary confinement. uh, No, no. It would have been beyond. Think of it. We caught them spying on our campaign. And then you look, the FBI was in cahoots with Twitter. And then you look at this last thing with 51, every week something comes out, 51 so-called intelligence agents. Look at what they did. They wrote disinformation. They wrote that this was Russia disinformation when everybody knows it wasn't. This wasn't Russia. This was Hunter Biden's laptop. Very simple. They said it was Russia disinformation. They knew it was false. And yet these people are people that have headed up or currently headed up, but generally past and present headed up intelligence in our country. And they lied. You know, there are those that would say that was treason. But 
you have two standards. You have you have a standard. What what they get away with is unbelievable. It's a crooked country. You look at the borders are a mess. You look at the elections are a mess. You look at everything that's happening is a mess. And the whole world is watching the crime in our cities. Look, you live in New York City and you know the difference between now and four or five years ago. What a difference. When it's a I disaster. Left, Our men in blue well, have look, no love We had a horrible uh, mayor, backing. de Blasio. When I left for Washington, we had a horrible mayor. But it was starting to get worse because of him. He was terrible, one of the worst ever. But you look at what's going on now with the crime and, and the dishonest dis- district attorneys and AGs. They're all political. Everything's political. These are dishonest people. But you look at the crime. They don't go after killers, but they go after politicians that— didn't do anything wrong, that did everything right, and that did a great job for the country and great job for the city. They go after them. And you know what? The people aren't going to stand for it. The people of our country are watching all this stuff, and they can't take it anymore because they they look at the corruption and they look at everything that's happened, John and Rita, and they're saying our country's not going to survive this. Well, I was sitting with a U.S. senator the other day, and our biggest concern, and we both were concerned about the same thing, that if we don't fix our country right now, in 2024, our country is not going to make it to 2076, the 300th year. Well, we have to make it to 2024, too. Don't forget, they've got a year and a half to destroy things. They, 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 look, they're either stupid, which I don't think they are, or they truly want to destroy our country. This is like, who wants open borders? Who would who would have this stuff? Who wants high taxes? Who wants high interest rates? They want high interest rates. They're driving up interest rates to a level, and it's affecting banks, and it's affecting lending, too. People can't get mortgages for houses. And, John, you and I know what that means because we've gone through it. And, they're gonna shut, the, and they the banks are going to shut down. They're going to shut down right. lending Bad because the Fed is putting pressure on them. Yep. Bad things happen. And I think that's what they want. I think they want bad things to happen. Inconceivable that that's what they want, but I think they want bad things to happen. Mr. President, thank you so much. And uh, we have to have uh, another conversation real soon because I think we do connect with the same, uh, uh, same things that we are all concerned about care about this country well, I, I just to leave it on a positive uh, first of all you're both great and both friends but to leave it on a positive we're going to win in 2024 we are going to turn it around we're going to make america great again we're going to make it great we're going to lower oil prices we're going to lower interest rates we're going to get it all done but i will say it cannot take it much longer because if that election's lost i really think our country is doomed I agree. Well, Mr. President, thank you so much for being here. We are so grateful. And again, uh, no doubt your book is number one on Amazon. Uh, Again, everybody can get the book, 45books.com, Amazon.com. And it's it's extraordinary. Your life is extraordinary. And uh, we'll be watching you closely. You're welcome back here on Cats and Cosby anytime. Thank you, Mr. President. Well, thank you very much. And thanks, John. And thanks, Rita. I'll see you soon. Thanks a lot. Great show. Thank you so much. Thank you. How awesome to talk to the president of the United States, the 45th president. Uh, You can tell he was very generous. Uh, We spoke for well over half an hour in great detail. So many big topics. Uh, We aired it on Cats and Cosby, of course, with my great co-host, the owner and operator of Red Apple Media, the great John Katsimatidis. And wow, everything from border to crime to the debates to Hunter Biden and so much more. 
When we come back, we are going to take your calls. What are your thoughts about this Blockbuster exclusive? 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. buzzing about the exclusive interview that John Katsimatidis and I did on Katz and Cosby with President Trump on a wide range of topics. As you just heard in the last hour, he talked about everything from the border to crime in America, basically also the potential for nuclear war, uh, what's going on with the migrants at the border, the economy. He also talked about debates. He said he doesn't see a reason why he should be doing primary debates if he is so far ahead of the other candidates. He doesn't think it makes any sense that he would do one if it comes to the general with him and President Biden. Uh, He also talked about Hunter Biden and a whole bunch more. I want to get your thoughts this hour. What did you think of this interview? I thought, by the way, he was terrific. I thought he came across incredibly presidential, uh, incredibly verse on so many topics, uh, and also somebody who truly loves this country and cares about this country. And he very aptly described a lot of the issues that are facing America right now and a lot of serious ones. And as we were talking with him just a few hours ago, I couldn't help but think, boy, has the world changed a lot since President Trump was in office. It wasn't that long ago, but boy, what a difference a year and a half makes. Think about how many millions of people have crossed our border. Think about the war with Russia and Ukraine. China now basically making so many threats against Taiwan. Think about just how the world dynamics have changed with the oil market. Think about the alliances with Saudi and China and Venezuela and Brazil and so many huge issues. And I also thought, listen, President Biden, and there were questions today at the Rose Garden. At least one of the reporters basically said, hey, listen, uh, we know that you have just announced you're going to run for president, but you are really down in the polls, Mr. President. And are you really able to handle it physically with your age? And he didn't say watch me, but he basically said, you know, uh, the public will be able to judge and see if I have it, uh, which was a bizarre comment because I think a lot of us see a declining president. And all I could think about what a contrast the current occupant of the White House and his way to converse with others and the way he is blocking off the media. The press conference he did today uh, is one of the first he's done in a long time. He has basically done uh, fewer news conferences than uh, any president since Reagan. I mean, that is stunning. And I think that that is going to be par for the course this campaign season. He did it during 2020, during COVID. Remember, he hit out in the basement. And it looks like that is going to be the same thing again. And yet, The president who we spoke to, President Trump, the 45th president of the United States and who hopes to be the 47th president of the United States. Think about how fluid and how conversational he was 
and also how important his relationships with Kim Jong-un in his new book, Letters to Trump. He shares some of the letters with Kim Jong-un that he wrote to him and that were written back and forth. And it's really interesting because that relationship at the time, they weren't doing test missiles. There was a lot more stability around the world, not just in the Asian region, but you think about all over the world. And now today, this is really a volatile time. And President Trump aptly said this is probably the most dangerous period in American history. And he also said, I am worried what's going to happen in the next year and a half that this guy in the White House can do a lot of damage between now and when he leaves office. What are your thoughts about this big exclusive? It's making a lot of headlines tonight. A lot of people are talking about the fact that President Trump said he will probably not debate if he is so far ahead, which he is right now. I mean, he is so far ahead, as you heard in the polls, leaps and bounds. Um, Also, uh, his thoughts on the border and so much more. And one of the things that I thought was really powerful that he said Uh, to us just a little bit ago. This is President Trump when he basically said that President Biden's incompetence, if you will, and incoherence mentally, if you will, that that is a very dangerous time to have that given all the dynamics and all the adversaries we have in the world. Take a listen to what he said. Because we have a man at top that is incompetent. We know that. You know that. Everybody knows that. He's grossly incompetent. He shouldn't be there in the first place. Grossly incompetent, and he should not be there in the first place. What are your thoughts about what a contrast from the current occupant of the White House to President Trump, who spoke very eloquently and in-depth on a variety of topics? one 800 848 Let's go to Judith. Line four. Judith, your thoughts about this big exclusive interview we just did. Okay, so here's, here's what I have to tell you, okay? I listened to the whole hour, everything, and I've got to say, Rita, you were terrific. You were fabulous. And I can't tell you how sharp you were and astute, and you were on point, and I'll highlight something that really got me also. I thought it was fabulous. By the way, thank you, Judith, so much. Thank you. You're welcome. You really deserve it. You were fabulous. Um, After the interview, the panel that you have all the time, yes, they were all talking, and do you remember they said that he was the best president pre-COVID, and you, Rita, sharply answered right away, well, COVID affected the entire world. You didn't just leave it uh, for America, just with President Trump, that everyone, the entire world, had to deal with COVID. It wasn't just, you know, that was. I thought that was fabulous on on your part. And you know something, Rita? I want to tell you something. As far as debates go, what bothers me on debates is just this: these mediators, these whatever you want to call them, they're it's so unbalanced. They're usually Democrats, and I think it should be more balanced and fair. Where you've got like a Republican mediator and a Democrat mediator, and I think it shouldn't be like. 30-second sound bites. I think they should allow the candidates to really answer the question and have fair questions and have questions that with issues that are pertinent, that, 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 that all of us are affected and care about, and not just got you stuff and, and embarrass the, the candidate and the whole thing. It makes no sense. You know, that's where we, 
are not united and they don't want us. That's where we are, you know, all divided with all these stupid things when they start asking these ridiculous questions. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, you you know, know, you know uh, by the way, um, and Judith, before you go forward, um, you make a good point. You're right that it should be more balanced. I think. And I also think the candidates should come to sort of a mutual agreement as to who they think is the moderator. Like maybe it should be, um, you know, okay, we've all agreed to X and X. You know, maybe it's two people, like you said, and it should be agreed to by maybe all those who are on the stage. And I agree. I think you get sometimes the most revealing ones where they get to ask questions of each other. And really get to talk and not like with the 30-second buzzer like you just said. I think the debate should be longer. Um, you can really see if somebody has the stamina, like Biden and others, you know, when it gets to that point. Um, but I think he made an interesting point. And one thing, too, Judith, as you were listening to when we did it, and thank you very much for that point about COVID because that's exactly what I meant, you know, is interesting because for people to say, oh, you know, when COVID hit, um, you know, uh, boy, Trump, this happened. Well, COVID brought the whole world to its knees. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't exclusive to President Trump. And Biden seems to say, well, suddenly something happened in this year. Well, COVID happened in this year. Can you imagine if the height of COVID had happened, you know, when it broke? I don't even know if we'd have Operation Warp Speed under President Biden. Sadly, the way he's operated and think about all the vaccines and everything, that was all Trump. So when Biden came in, it was all sitting there and ready for him. All he had to do was just sit there. And he probably would have done a better job with COVID if he had just sat there and not done anything because it was all teed up and ready for him, all the vaccines. Um, your other point, too, um, in terms of the debate, the one thing I thought of also, Judith, was the point that we talked about afterwards in the panel where it came to this moment and, and in history. And he referred to this also, as you heard, sort of the Nixon-Kennedy debates that Nixon, in hindsight, really wish he hadn't debated because Nixon was doing well. And Kennedy was sort of this no-name guy at the time. And suddenly they go to the debates, and of course it was television, and then remember you saw Kennedy, you know, looking all powdered, and Nixon was sweaty, and it wasn't as as flattering to him, and it really hurt him. Um, And so it was an interesting precedent. And Trump's point, too, and again, we'll see where the field goes, because there's new news tonight also that President Ron DeSantis Uh, This just came out a little bit ago, guys, is to launch a 2024 presidential exploratory committee next month. That doesn't mean he's running, but it means he's dipping his foot in a little bit closer. Another step towards potentially launching a 2024 campaign for the White House. And but right now, if you look at the polls, uh, this is pre, you know, Ron DeSantis entering the race. Uh, Trump handily has the nomination. And that may stay that way. He might even get a bigger, you know, gap. And so his point is, if it stays like this, where the next contender is so far away, is it really fair that the person who's leaps and bounds uh, has to go up against somebody who maybe has single digits? That's his point. What What did you make of that point, Judith? What did you think of that? He's, his point was correct. He's absolutely right. His point is correct. And uh uh, personally, I, I personally think that he, he was a fantastic president for four years, and he earned, he earns our loyalty, he earns our support, he was fabulous, and we really need to have someone, we, we need to have him back in the office. But I do want to point something else out. You know what boggled my mind when he said $85 billion worth of weaponry that he built up, and it was left over, and now they're selling it. It's on the market to our enemies. 
our weapons, our American weapons, uh. for $85 billion. That drove, that's like mind-boggling. And this, this is, thank you, Biden, okay? He's such an idiot, okay? He, he's like, he's dangerous. Never mind his age. He's a dangerous fool. He really is. And he's being, you know, he's, I, I said it last time, he's definitely a puppet. There are people behind him, and these people are just as dangerous, and we really have to get them out. I don't know how. I, and what scares me is the cheating. What scares me is the election. It's going to be the integrity of the election. That's well, and, and by the way, the one thing um, President Trump said, to your point about how dangerous the world is, that when you hear him, he's like, okay, there's another year and a half of this. I mean, it's like, think about how I, I, it is such a different world than when President Trump left office. Um, obviously, COVID hit, but things were coming back. And the economy was roaring well before COVID, and it stayed that way. Of course, Biden would never admit that. He doesn't give any credit to Trump whatsoever. But um, the economy was roaring. The world was safe. Uh, They hadn't lost an American troop in 18 months in Afghanistan. I mean, there's a lot of things. And you think about what a dismal withdrawal. And to your point, the fact that he highlighted $85 billion, making now the Taliban in Afghanistan uh, the basically biggest arms dealer in the world. And you can bet that Russia and China are getting that. The other thing that also hit me with that, too, when he was talking about that, um, he reminded us all of also how foolish and how ridiculous it was that President Biden gave up the Bagram Air Base, Bagram right there in Afghanistan. And Milley testified that he should have stayed there. A lot of them said, I basically advised the president to at least keep Bagram because it's a huge military base. I've been to Bagram um, and it's it is right there. It's in a strategic location. And President Trump, Judith, eloquently hit that because he said it's 100 miles from China. So there's a lot of reasons why you want to keep Bagram and think about how much easier it would have been had we still had even just a minor force there at Bagram protecting. We would have had eyes and ears on the ground in Afghanistan. We'd have a much closer reach to be able to see what's going on in China. So many bad actors in the world. And we have abandoned that and we have abandoned still Americans there. And it looks like we're doing the same thing right now, sadly, in Sudan. What a mess. No wonder President Trump just said to us that he is worried about World War III under the current occupant of the White House. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. What did you make of our big exclusive with President Trump wide ranging and revealing one 800 848 9222 and we'll continue your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. talking about the exclusive interview that John Katsimatidis and I did on Katz and Cosby on WABC Radio with former President Trump. And one of the things that we talked with him about is how very concerning the dynamics are now in the world vis-a-vis nuclear war. And that is because President Trump believes that President Biden is a weak president and many adversaries are thinking of the worst, taking advantage potentially of this moment, and that deeply concerns him. Take a listen. 
I think our country is in trouble, and uh, we need somebody that's going to have some world respect. Well, you don't think our country is in trouble, John, because you, you, you are a smart guy. You know our country is in our trouble. Country. I know and our country is in trouble. And I would say this. There has never been a time where our country is in more danger, and that's because of the nuclear, that's because of the weaponry that you have today that you didn't have in World War I or World War II. Yeah, and things are extraordinarily complex, and that's why he said this is a very dangerous time to have someone that he believes is not competent in the White House when he knows these players firsthand. Remember, he's met with all of these world leaders. He knows who they are. And when he was president, things were much more calm vis-a-vis the world stage in a big, big way. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to BJ, line seven. BJ, your thoughts about this big exclusive? Yeah, Rita, excellent interview. This is Trump at his finest uh, he sounded like he was 36 years old. I mean, the energy, the vigor, uh, every question you asked him, he had. And this is what people respect about Donald Trump. You get a straight answer. You may not like it, but you get a straight, solid answer. He doesn't dance. He doesn't turn around and say, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, as far as I'm concerned, if he never did another debate, I wouldn't miss it. I mean, I'd miss the the, the, the laughter that I get out of watching him destroy these these weak candidates and these weak opponents. But frankly, the way he's treated and disrespected at these debates, that Savannah Guthrie, I'll never forget. I'll never forget any of them. That that Wallace guy, he winds up and he's called to debate a guy, and then the next thing he knows, he's debating the commentator. So as far as I'm concerned, if he wants to go to a debate, if he thinks it's strategic, I think he should. But if he doesn't want to go, why should he? He gets disrespected, and he's 40 points ahead of, ahead of the game. So – uh, we need to get them back in. We need to vote like Democrats, okay? They they ran such a clean election in 2020. We need to model exactly what they did, you know, those wonderful drop boxes and those wonderful, you know, all of a sudden the pipe bursts, the lights go out. You know, we need to do exactly that. The way the way they conducted themselves at, uh, at our, our election, we need to turn election day into election, you know, election year. Why right. not? Well, you know, what's yeah. interesting, BJ, the other thing, too, President Trump said was uh, people need to get out now and vote. I mean, not yep. saying now I'm, I'm talking just metaphorically because he said a year and a half is a lot of time to do damage in this country. BJ, thank you for the nice words, too, about the interview. Very, very much. Uh, let's go to Dom in Minnesota, Line 5. Dom, your thoughts about our interview? Rita, you guys, you guys knocked it out of the park with the man who will be president. You know, it was as enjoyable as Cats the Musical. <laughs> well, still cats, right? Cats and Cosby. Yes, it works. It, it works. You know, yes, Trump, Trump sounded like the leader we need at this critical juncture in our history. No pretensions, no teleprompter, just a high-speed brain attached to a very articulate tongue, both finally tuned in to America's preservation and success. That's how I saw this whole thing. So on the on the flip side, every time I see and hear Joe Biden on TV, he looks and sounds like Walter, Jeff Dunham's ventriloquist dummy. You know, 
And, you know, Biden should have said, I am stumbling for president, not running for president. That would have been more appropriate. That's an interesting point, Dom. And, you know, when you just brought up, because I was watching President Biden's press conference right before we interviewed the president, President Trump. And it was interesting because what a contrast. It was like uh, about North Korea and South Korea. I thought... Oh, my goodness. And then it was like a shot of, you know, of energy when you talk to President Trump. Energy and dedication to this country. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on The Rita Cosby Show, a really powerful story coming from Marvin, North Carolina. Wounded Heroes Day is a time to reflect and honor those who fought for the nation and suffered life-changing injuries. And last Sunday, wounded veterans like veteran Jeffrey Quevedo were recognized at a special ceremony hosted by the Independence Fund in North Carolina. Veteran Quevedo said, I am missing my left leg below the knee, my left arm above the elbow, facial fractures. I broke my jaw and my nose, retinal rupture, traumatic brain injury, adding that he and his partner were injured in Afghanistan while clearing a compound that they knew was being used as an IED warehouse. Think about the guts of those two guys. Well, Wounded Heroes Day became an official day of recognition in North Carolina back in April of 2021. The Independence Fund shared that the state of North Carolina passed House Bill 138, Senate Bill 132, designating every April 24th as Wounded Heroes Day, honoring those who have served our nation. And what an important and powerful story about the sacrifice of our men and women in the military and, of course, the sacrifice of their great families. I love being able to highlight them every night here on The Rita Cosby Show. Well, as we were talking about, we did a big exclusive interview with President Trump. And one of the things that I asked the former president was this comment from President Biden. President Biden decided to do one of the very few news conferences he ever does. Well, he did it today at the White House, and the South Korean president was right by his side. And President Biden took two whole questions. Wow, wow, wow. Because I guess he couldn't handle a third one. And how many questions did we asked President Trump? 20, 30 at least in our uh, half hour plus discussion. Uh, fluid verse. In and out of the question, simple, easy. Well, Biden, it was all orchestrated. And it was also, by the way, uh, the reporting tonight on the media that there was also clearly he knew which reporters to go to. The two that were going to go to were like, OK, go to question one. Stand to the right. When you get off the stage, walk here. Here's where the bathroom is, President Biden. Here's where this is. The White House is where you live. I mean, it was like all the, you know, it was, oh, my goodness. Just the notes on the cue cards. But one of them did ask this very interesting question. And take a listen. This is a reporter from ABC Network. Take a listen. Asking President Biden earlier today. You recently launched your reelection campaign. You've said questions about your age are legitimate. And your response is always, just watch me. But the country is watching. And recent polling shows that 70% of Americans, including a majority of Democrats, believe you shouldn't run again. 
What do you say to them? What do you say to those Americans who are watching and aren't convinced? You've said you can beat Trump again. Do you think you're the only one? I may not be the only one, but uh, uh, I know him well, and I know the danger he presents to our democracy. And we've been down this road before. And with regard to, uh, to age, you know, and, and polling data, I noticed the polling data I keep hearing about is that I'm between uh, uh, 42 and 46 percent favorable rating, et cetera. And, uh, but everybody running for re-election in this time has been in the same position. There's nothing new about that. You're making it sound like Biden's really underwater. Well, if he looks at the polls, he is underwater. And then he got to the issue of age. Take a listen to this. But there's more to do. And uh, with regard to age, uh, I can't even say, I guess how old I am, I can't even say the number. It doesn't, it doesn't register with me. And, uh, but the only thing I can say is that um, one of the things that people are going to find out, they're going to see a race, and they're going to judge whether or not I have it or don't have it. I respect them taking a hard look at it. I take a hard look at it as well. I took a hard look at it before I decided to run. And, uh, and I feel good. I feel excited about the prospects. And I think we're on the verge of really turning the corner in a way we haven't in a long time. And so I asked President Trump, we did the interview on Katz and Cosby with the great John Katzimatidis and myself interviewing former President Trump. What did you think of some of these comments? And first he said, well, Biden doesn't know me well. And then on the question of whether he has it or not, essentially, is he competent? He's like, uh, he is not competent and he doesn't have it. And that's why he said he's deeply concerned because it is a dangerous world out there. I mean, we're talking about nukes with Russia, uh, China. I mean, there's so many things going on. The potential of nukes being stationed in the Western Hemisphere vis-a-vis Russia and some of the alliances they're creating with Cuba and Nicaragua and others. This is a very dangerous, complex world. And he said it is concerning to have somebody like this president uh, mentally, competent-wise, on so many levels, to be dealing with such very complex and difficult characters that the president, President Trump, knows firsthand. And one of the issues he said is completely derelict by this president, the sitting president, is the border. This is what President Trump had to tell us on Katz and Cosby. It was all self-inflicted, what, what they've done. We had the safest border that we've ever had. Very few people coming in. By the way, the drugs are now 12 times more than what was coming in three years ago. Think of it, 12 times. The drugs are pouring into our country. 12 times more drugs pouring into the country. And here's a little bit more about the migrants. Take a listen. And I think it's going to be 15 million people, John and Rita, when when you look at the end of this year, 15 million people. And there's hundreds of thousands of people standing there right now waiting for a certain order to end that I you know, put in. And they're going to be flooding into our country and they're going to come in by the hundreds of thousands in another week. 15 million, he anticipates, by the end of the year, migrants coming. That is a stunning number from somebody who knows a lot about border security. Your thoughts on the big blockbuster interview, everybody. Uh, What did you find interesting that he said and surprising and sadly alarming, given the situation in the world 
and the current occupant of the White House. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm. Line one. Norm, your thoughts. Yes, Rita. Uh, I applaud you and Mr. Katzmatidi's very enjoyable and informative interview with President Trump today. Thank you. I was you're welcome. I was just wondering if Mr. Katzmatidis and you were to request an interview with President Biden, if you think that would go anywhere. I mean, I've heard your interview with other Democrats like Governor Hochul, and you've always been respectful and fair. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, two things. By the way, I have interviewed President Biden. Um, I actually met Biden, by the way, the very first time I spoke with him was when I was in college. Um, I I did. And then I also talked with him uh, during the Democratic National Convention uh, a number of years ago. Um, And I did speak Mm -hmm. with him and do a brief interview with him actually then. Um, And and I think he I mean, he might consider it. I just think he is so controlled, Norm. And that's the sad thing, because I agree with you. We would give him a very fair shake. He's the president of the United States. Um, clearly, uh, he's not a perfect human being, but he's certainly the president. Mm-hmm. We would be incredibly respectful, as we always are, of the office. And I think everybody would like to hear his thoughts on a lot of issues. The problem is, Norm, is, first of all, he barely is doing any interviews. I mean, I mm-hmm. think if I was Mary Poppins, he might turn me down and say it's too tough. <laughs> you know? I mean, he would be like, uh, and if you look at the White House right now, the White House is so micromanaging, even today. At a time where, boy, are there a lot of things going on in the world. And I think he does an incredible disservice. And the White House does an incredible disservice to the American public by only protecting him and allowing two reporters to ask a question today. I mean, that is outrageous. And if you look at the last time that there has been somebody who was very careful with numbers and with a news conference, it was actually Reagan. But that goes back quite some time. So in modern history, we have not had a president who's so insulated and that I'm not even just that's news conferences. They don't even want him to shout out, get get a question. How many times does he make a statement? And it's like a canned thing. It's on cards and he walks away, doesn't even answer one question normally. Um, And then in terms of the one on one interviews, it is so limiting. I would absolutely love to interview him. And I always think it's an honor when it's the president of the United States. I've interviewed Republicans and Democrats through the years. Um, and to interview him now would be obviously it would be a tremendous honor. And I think there's a lot of questions that the American public would ask. And we'll we'll go for it, Norm. You never know. You never know. Yes. It is absolutely worth it. And he certainly knows me and he certainly knows John Katsimatidis. And I think he knows that both of us would be very fair to him. So you, you've inspired me, Norm, for the good of the nation. We're going to try. Thanks so much, Norm. Let's go to Joe. Line six. Joe, your thoughts about the interview that we did with President Trump. Reading my love as usual, John Kathmatidis, the Greek tycoon, and the Polish princess nailed it. I also want to say as a quick reminder this Sunday, the 30th, Greek Independence Day Parade, our very own Ernie Asnastis, American Army veteran, will be Grand Marshal. I'm looking forward to that. And by the so way, Joe, speak- Joe, yeah, you, you, uh, you're going to have me share some news. I am also going to be out there with John Kathmatidis. We're going to be there on the parade uh, route, too, as well. So uh, so I'll be I, I'm not Greek, but I'm an I feel like I'm Greek sitting around all these Greeks between John and also Ernie and everybody. <laughs> and remember, uh, John Kasmatidis is 28 percent Italiano. That's right. Anyway, that's right. That's and, uh, right. 
And this American Marine and this American Marine mongrel will be called it to you. The dog will be wearing an American flag. Now, here's the deal, my love. Rapid fire as usual. Kenny wants it tight. And as usual, you respond brilliantly. The bottom line is this, is that this is history repeating itself. Jimmy Carter inept and gave away the Panama Canal, just like this uh, Jay Jerk Brainless gave away that base near China. On that disaster when he attempted to use the helicopters from 1950, 30 years old from the Korean War, and that attempted ridiculous would never have worked rescue of our people in Tehran at the embassy. And this Afghanistan mess is that, you know, they taught us in the Marines, you do not leave the weapons behind, you blow them up. You don't leave them behind. And the bottom line is those weapons could be given to the the uh, Ukrainians and stop the Russian rats before they were able to get into Ukraine. The bottom line is this has to turn around and the people have to wake up. Do they want the Energizer buddy, Bunny or do they want a impotent, brainless imbecile? I love this country. I serve this country. I still do. But this country is in deep manure. And the bottom line is it's scary that it is. And, but, and, Joe, and Joe, you know what? You hit it a good point. I think scary is the great point, my friend, um, because it is a very dangerous place. I mean, we weren't talking about nuclear weapons, per se, with Russia. We weren't talking. Is there anybody out there? And, you know, and Trump said this. But is there anybody out there that actually thinks that Russia would have invaded even Ukraine under Trump? I mean, he kept these people in check because they were worried what he might do. They were worried that maybe the 10 percent of what he was saying might be true, that maybe he would do X in return. And they feared us and they also respected America. And sadly, when you have bad actors, you have a bully in a schoolyard, you got to push back so he knows you're not going to take it. And that's a sad reality. But that is the world we live in. And you see what happens when you have a weak leader, especially on the foreign policy front. It is frightening. And on the domestic policy, look at the economy right now. All of us, you feel it when you go to the grocery store. I thought Trump brought up an interesting point when he said at the very end of our interview, Joe, he said, "Do are you happy with high prices when you go to the grocery store? Are you happy with inflation You know, when you're paying your mortgage? Are you happy with high crime and you're worried about walking down the street? Are you happy when you see what China's doing? Are you happy when you hear about the spy balloon? Are you happy about, I mean, it really does hit home. And at the end of the day, any American uh, with any sanity is going to say, no, 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 hell no, you know, and that's the bottom line. Joe, thank you very much. Let's go to Sandra, line three. Sandra, your thoughts. Rita, I just want to say how proud of you I am. I admire you and more so now than ever before you, you you're so you're so professional you're so smart and it was such a great interview you and john it was like equal footage it was fair you both had equal time and you got so much information from donald trump who i pray wins for the presidency and you know i i, I want you to know if you listen to the interview that um piers morgan gave with Ron DeSantis. He was like an instigator trying to make trouble for Donald Trump. So I see the different techniques that people use for interviews. Yours was beautiful, fair and square. And you, and you asked some tough questions. And, and Donald Trump was happily to answer them. I just love you, Rita. Thank you.
Thank you, Sandra. You are very, very sweet. That means a lot. And I wanted to make sure we gave the president time to respond. And he's never been shy about a tough question. And by the way, everybody, too, unlike President Biden, who was very micromanaged, even at the news conference today, there was nothing off the table with President Trump. He was like, hey, you guys ready? Good. I'm looking forward to it. There was no no restrictions. Uh, You know, you heard 32 minutes. I mean, uh, fluid, great uh, on it and appreciated the questions on all different topics and certainly knew his answers. And I took away somebody who obviously deeply loves this country and is deeply troubled by what he has seen just in the last year or so and worried about what's ahead uh, and hoping that he certainly will get back into the White House and be able to revert a lot of the damage that he sees is happening now. one 800 We're going to continue your calls. What did you think about the big blockbuster exclusive interview? What did you think of President Trump's answers? And what concerns you the most about what's happening now in America? Boy, he raised the alarm bells, and it is very important. Everyone's talking about it tonight. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. one 800 Eight four eight nine two two two, and you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about our big exclusive interview with. President Trump, we are continuing your calls, everybody talking about it, where he talked about a wide variety of issues, how much he loves this country and how frustrated he is by seeing what he says is the damage done by this president. He recited crime. He recited open borders. He recited inflation. He recited what's happening with Russia. What about energy independence or lack thereof that we have now. There were so many big, big issues. And he says there is a way to fix it. And hopefully it won't be too late by the time he hopes to be back in the White House. one 800 Let's go to Andrew. Line 8. Andrew, your thoughts about this? I think um, it was circumstantial evidence, your interview, and if you juxtaposition with Biden's uh, appearance today with the sunglasses it's circumstantial evidence that the election was stolen <laughs> like look how radically different how articulate Trump is and on the ball and I was shocked like everyone's saying like hearing him and how different it is listening to Biden because now we're accustomed to hearing Biden and not Trump and Biden is you know incoherent and he floats so it's so different and what Stan doesn't understand from Forest Hills, he said Trump only cares about himself. Stan might be right. It's irrelevant if he who he cares. It's what gets done by their fruits. Like you said, in Afghanistan, there wasn't a single soldier, one of our soldiers killed for 18 months. We were energy independent. He had prison reform sentencing. He funded black colleges 10 times what Obama did. And by the way, Andrew, that was one of the things I hit on with him is that and we talked about also afterwards, we had a great panel on Cats and Cosby afterwards, was how everybody was doing well under the Trump economy. 
and how you brought up the criminal justice reform. Um, what was the woman, Alice, remember, who uh, got out as a result? And some of the different things that he had done uh, for all different races, color, creeds, economies. Um, I mean, it was booming. The country was booming, and it was beneficial to everybody. And that, to me, is the greatest testament, because when people go to the voting booth, often the economy is the biggest issue. And if you look at it now, boy, prices are sky high and there's so much concern about banks, uh, energy. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And a lot of these, uh, to Trump's point, are self-inflicted. That is really, really, really the big issue here. Let's go to Phil, line six. Phil, your thoughts, my friend. Hi, Rita. I was um, wondering, all of the, you know, uh, Donald Trump is saying, President Trump is saying, uh, 15 million people uh, might be in the country this year. But I think that they're coming in because of the infrastructure bill. Who's going to dig up the roads? Who's going to mix the concrete? Who's going to build the roofs? Wait, wait, wait. You think that's why they're coming in over the border? They're coming in because this president's given a green light, Phil. For well, anything, a green light, a green, a green infrastructure light or not. I mean, honestly, Phil, infrastructure or not, they are coming in for and and your point is a good one. They uh, sadly um, people take advantage of them for cheap labor and other things and and infrastructures. You know, an interesting one, gardening. I mean, there's a lot of farming. You think about all the different stuff out there. So there are different things, but. That's not why he's doing it. I mean, I think you need to be honest. This is a guy, 15 million. I don't think you need 15 million of them, which is what Trump believes by the end of the year, Phil. Phil does, you know, he doesn't need 15 million uh, to build the bridges and the roads in America. Um, You know, that I hear your point about hiring, uh, but that ain't it. I mean, that is definitely not it. But, Phil, thank you very much. Let's go to Ingrid, line seven. Go ahead, Ingrid. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you, Rita. Um, we're talking about debates. I was head of the debating team. So a debate is a very specific thing. Um, do you know, what is your definition of a debate? Well, I'd say pretty close to what I was doing with Phil a moment ago, but go ahead. <laughs> well, the way it goes is you have a, a premise. Yeah, we got angry. I'm being facetious. We have a few minutes left, a few seconds left. So go ahead. Yeah, a a premise. You have a premise. So so end result, end result. Do you think he should debate Trump? um, Well, if it's a real debate, but if it isn't, don't. Don't do it. That's an interesting point. And that's what he's saying, that he feels that it is rigged. And he also feels uh, that the moderators are not always fair. Everybody, we're going to be playing more of this tomorrow. Thank you for listening to our big exclusive. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.